Welcome to Jim's Beer and Brewing. This is episode number eight. Finally, after six long weeks, I'm able to brew again. I'm brewing up a different version of the OT Matt Goat Face. I've called this one the Oreo Milk Stout. We've run through this in some previous episodes, but today I've picked up my ingredients and I'm running with some pale malt, oats. Uh, with the oats, half of the oats that I use I'm going to toast and one half is going to be just put in uh, raw into the mash with the other half toasted going into the mash as well. Uh, the quantities we'll get to in a little bit later on. I'm still playing around with the oats quantity there. Uh, we've got wheat malt. Uh, I'm going to add some uh, lactose into this one, so milk sugar and chocolate malt flaked rye. I really like the flaked rye that was in the OT Mac Goat Face, so I'll plan on using that again in this brew. As I said, it's basically the OT Mac Oat Face base with a couple additional ingredients. And when I change my recipes up, I like to change it up by little minor tweaks. There's no use going all out and changing four or five different things. I just try to stick to two different things at, in one hit before changing anything, especially with the OD Mac Oat Face because the recipe is so bloody delicious. I'm enjoying one right now. And, uh, then we move on. So we've got the lactose, the chocolate malt, the flaked rye, uh, which we just spoke about, the Munich malt and roasted barley. And the hops I'm using in this one, I'm going to use Magnum as a bittering hop and still sticking with the SARS for a 10 minute boil. And the quantities will be announced a little bit further later on in the podcast when the brew day does eventuate as it's uh, midweek that I'm recording this section of the podcast and I'm using US05 I'm going to stick with the same yeast I have no trouble with this yeast yeah, I'm really keen to brew this one up the milky stout so basically from the OT Mac oat face stout or any base recipe gives you a really good idea of what you can add next time. And that's why I drink this and I go, and it just gave me that biscuit vibe. It was very biscuity already. I was like, this will be a lot, a lot better with a bit of lactose to make the the malts in this pop a little bit more, make it a bit more sweeter, a bit more uh, full up mouthful, and. As well as the carbonation issues that we previously spoke about in previous episodes with that particular OT Mac Oat Face batch, carbonation issues. Three different types of bottles. We had the tall, large 750ml bottles. We had the 330ml uh, Crown Seal Stubbies. And just recently, I've only got about six of them, but I've got the little swing tops. You pick them up from Audi's, the little swing top, like a Grolsch bottle so to speak. Uh, they, they hold 330 mils as well. So this must be something to do with the sealing of these bottles. Because So the tall bottles, the 750 mil bottles, they were over-carved and just gushed out and I was left with my probably 100 mils out of a 700 mil bottle. The rest just foamed out, gushed out. We moved down to the Crown Seal Stubbies and they seemed a little bit under-carved the head was there for a little bit and then it disappeared but the flavor is still there in the brew in the brew and the brew was really really tasty and that's why i wanted to extend it and make it into a milk stout but drifting away again <laughs> we'll come back 
uh, onto the last lot of style of bottles, which was those Grolsch Swing Top 330ml style bottles. You can pick them up at Audi shops. At the moment, they have some German beers in them. But, uh, regardless, they were the ones that were perfect, but this actual batch was bulk primed, so I'm not sure maybe the mix wasn't worked right or the seal something was up. Uh, definitely something's up with those tall bottles, the way they gushed out. But with the swing top bottles, the beer has held out nice, half a centimetre creamy head all the way to the bottom of the glass. So I'm really liking these swing top bottles. But now that I'm going to be moving into getting kegs, you know, I'm about six weeks away from going into kegs. I'm going to start shifting away from some of these glass bottles because I'm just not going to need them. I think I'm just going to keep hold of the PET plastic bottles for uh, future brews, like a little bit that's left over, doing 23-litre batches, and you have a corny keg that holds 19 litres. So bottling up a few that way. I've also got five packs of Oreo cookies. Five doesn't seem like much, but it's a 23-litre batch. And as previously stated, I don't want to change too much too drastically. I only really want to change, add two different things to the base of the Odie Mac Oat Face. So those two things are lactose and Oreo milk, or, uh, Oreos, Oreo cookies. That's it, lactose and Oreo cookies. That's the only two things I'm adding. But the Oreo cookies is an unknown. There's a problem we're having with them. I'm thinking they could produce some unwanted oils in the brew. And therefore that would affect carbonation and head retention. So where these Oreo cookies will be used is most important. And that's still something that I haven't quite worked out. I'm almost 100% leaning towards using them in the mash crushed up to a fine powder but used in the mash compared to using them as a a dry hop so to speak because I think they will impart more oils in a dry hop whereas in a mash it quite possibly could boil out why am I using Oreo cookies in the brew? Why not just dissect the Oreo cookie and add the grain and the additional ingredients that could create the flavor of the Oreo cookie? You know, I could do that. But running ahead with the name, I feel I have to use them. Even if I just, you know, I have five packets on hand. Even if I just use one packet to say that, hey, it's an Oreo stout. Because I originally got the idea from the Odie McGirt face it tastes like a chocolate biscuit already. It's very biscuity. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to, hey, let's make it a Oreo milk desserty type of stout. It's not going to be a big hitter. I'm looking between, say, that 5%, 6% mark. That's what I'm looking at this Oreo. Uh, why are we on that subject? My glass is empty. So, I know how how good opening a beer sounds. So this is the swing top bottle, the Grohl style bottles opening of the OT Mac Goat Face. And I have it near my PC, so I'm really hoping this bottle isn't one of the gushes and it's one of the fine ones. 
Anyway, here we go. Let's open this bottle. All right. Yeah. Bit of uh, cannon smoke coming out that bottle. Good amount of cannon smoke coming out of this bottle. So we'll give that a good pour. How good is that sound of a beer pouring? And then it said it takes about, it only takes, here we go, five, four, three, two, one. It's at the head when I pour it. It it kind of looks like Guinness when you pour a Guinness and the Guinness is like settling. But within five seconds, it settles up. And I've got this nice one centimeter thick creamy head on top of this beer. It's bloody delicious. I love it. And I'm going in for a mouthful here. Ah, uh, excuse me. God damn, that's good. And it's that good that I just don't want to brew it for winter now. The normal Otimac oat face ought to mind making that a staple all year round. As I said, I'm getting kegs. Still contemplating whether to get two taps or three taps. Regardless, if I had two taps, uh, one of those taps is always going to be a dark beer and this would be a cracker to have year-round on that uh, kegerator. It may seem like I'm flying through these beers that I'm consuming while doing this podcast. As a matter of fact, I kind of am. But in saying that, I do the podcast in sections. What am I getting at? I've got another beer here, and it ain't the Odie McOat face. This is the El Dorado Pandemic Pale. I brewed this one about four months ago, and I've been letting it sit and sit and sit because something went wrong, and I think it's in uh, oxy oxygenized, oxy oxygenation, uh, can't quite pronounce it, uh, Oxidised, that's the word I'm looking for. I think it's been oxidised. Because it, it's like if you were drinking the uh, the water you've used to boil up your greens, your broccoli, your beans, your cabbage. It's kind of like that. So something went terribly wrong and I was terribly excited for this beer. But I always say to people, if you ever make a bad beer, just try one bottle every week. Just wait a week. If you don't like it, wait a week, try it again. It may get better. And that's what I've been doing with this El Dorado Pandemic Pale. Now, I don't have the recipe in front of me because on the app that I use for my recipes, if the recipe ain't good, if the recipe ain't good, you can tell I've had a couple of beers. If the recipe is not good, then I'll just get rid of it and start over. So, this was an experimental brew, and I've done two pails in the past. So I've done the Eldorado Pandemic Pale, and I've done my very first grain, which was a pale. And they both just haven't turned out. So I'm nailing the black beers. I've got the Cherry Stout. I've got the Odie Mac Oat Face. I've got the Blackberry Brown Ale. Brilliant beers. Uh, the Pimp Juice, a hazy, hazy uh, New England IPA coming in at 7%. It's a brilliant beer. But for some reason, I just can't nail the pale ales. I think it's my method. 
But uh, we're drifting away. Um, let's just get in and crack it. Here we go. We're cracking this one. Look at that. Nice hiss. Can smoke sip is is coming out like a, a spirit's been released or a genie rubbing the genie bottle. The genie's been released. I'll give it a pour. Like, don't get me wrong. This beer looks fantastic in the glass. Looks as good as what a pale ale should look. But there's just something wrong with the flavour. And that's down to my method. So I have to wind back and in a few months we'll go to, and we'll do a pale ale. A standard base pale ale. Just an easy hot weather smashable pale. And we'll work from there. This was heavily hopped too. I've used about 300 grams of El Dorado on this one, so I've lost a lot of hop, a lot of a lot of money in uh, 300 grams of hops. Uh, I'm just I'm just going to check the aroma on this one. It's been a, it's been a while since I've tried the pandemic pale, but slowly winding them down. How's the aroma there? The aroma's there. The aroma's fine. The problem is with the flavour. I wonder if it's still there. It's very carved. Uh, no issues with carbonation with this one. <laughs> In my glass, I've kind of poured it pretty rough. And I've got a pretty good five-finger head on this one. I've poured it very rough. But, uh, okay, just excuse me for a second while I test this one out. Seems that vegetal flavour seems to be mellowing out of that. I don't pick it up so much, but that could be because I've had a couple of OT Mac Oat Faces before this beer. So my palate is nice and chocolatey and roasty, and it's kind of hiding them uh, off putting flavours. Don't get me wrong, it's still a drinkable beer, regardless of the vegetal flavour. It's still very drinkable, and I think anyone that's new to home brewing will drink that and still think that it's quite fine and want to head into home brewing themselves. But with this one, I'm not very good at picking up what is wrong with them. So I handed a couple out, and the feedback I got from more experienced beer tasters is that it's uh, oxidized and I think my problem with the oxidization is I've always bulked primed again in previous podcasts I've spoke about this every single brew I do is bulk primed I'm transferring from one fermenter to another on top of a sugar mix and that's how I've always done it Except for the pimp juice, the pimp juice was the carb drops in the PET bottle. And voila, no problem. But I suppose the same can be said with the Odie Oatface, or just because Odie Oatface is a, is a stout, and the roastiness might hide any oxidised problems that perhaps is there. And... It's it's another reason why I'm excited just to go to kegs and be done with bottling because bottling is so tedious and I'm very 
uh, very anal, so to speak, very, very anal in uh, bottle cleaning. I've got to use the sodium carbonate first, even though if the bottle looks nice and clean, I'm still soaking them in that sodium carbonate for 10 minutes, washing 60 bottles that way, uh, letting them dry, and then moving on to the star sand, cleaning bottles with star sand, and then bottle. So it's, it's, it's a long day when you have to bottle with 60 bottles from cleaning to bottling. It's just so long. And I can't wait to get in the kegs. I've just had to wait for the right financial moment to do that. And that is coming up. It'll be... Uh, Tax return money well spent on uh, on the homebrew gear, and I'm really looking forward to that. But uh, for this pandemic pale, hopefully the pandemic, the coronavirus, the COVID thing is slowly dying here in Australia. We've done so well with it. Everyone's done so well. We've got our pub doors are opening up. How great. I think we're the probably the only country so far with our pub doors opening up, our breweries back opening, welcoming guests. But we're not getting ahead of ourselves here. I think the virus is going to be around for a long, long time. And until we find a cure, a vaccine to protect us against it, we could be seeing these restrictions come back, but uh, Australia's doing really well, and I'm a proud Aussie and proud to live in this country and enjoy our breweries and our pubs. And big cheers to every Australian that followed the isolation rules, we followed the social distancing rules, we stayed home, we only did what we had to do, which was go to work, and even our grocery shopping was could be delivered and anything we brought, postage services. Cheers to all those guys, nurses, everybody. Cheers to anyone on the front line. And uh, I think I'm rambling on here. That's <laughs> a few beers deep, but uh, it makes it all fun. And I'm uh, still sipping away on this pandemic pale, which will never be brewed again. Because hopefully we're never going to be in another pandemic again. It's probably a once in a lifetime thing. I'm uh, I'm almost pushing 40. Yeah, Big Jim's uh, said his age on the pod. But yeah, I'm almost pushing 40 and I've never seen anything like this in my life. I've got young kids and I hope that they never see anything like this in their life again. Anyway, back to the beer. Pandemic Pale looks really great in the glass. Looks delicious, but something went wrong with it. But like I said, you have any problems with your beers, guys? Just sometimes these bad flavors, they can disappear over time. So just keep, let it age, try it week after week. And uh, I would suggest, even for myself, I've been all grain brewing for almost a year now, and I've, the one lesson I've learned is not to do too much in one hit. Go find yourself a base recipe, tweak it to make it your own. You can t- tweak the ingredients. If if you find a recipe that you think sounds good and it's 8%, but you don't want to drink an 8% beer, 
you can tweak that recipe and bring it down to 5.5, 5.6, just by adjusting the ingredients. And that's what I've done with a few. Uh, the Odiamac Oat Face, though. The Odiamac Oat Face is my own recipe. I just did a hell of a lot of research on oatmeal stouts and took took little bits of info from different videos, different blogs, uh, different books, and combined them to make one. And then I had a suggestion. had a suggestion from another brewer friend to say, why don't you try add some uh, flaked rye into this? And I did that, and I think it's just made it popped. It's made it made the brew pop. So all you want to do is just create a simple base recipe to start. Even if it's a smash beer, smash beer, single grain, single hop, make a single, uh, single uh, hop, single malt beer, start low, and then go from there. It's the best way to do it. It's the best advice I can give. Keep your brews simple and then work them up, which is why I did that with the Odie Goat Face and now converting it to an Oreo Milk Stout. But both these brews, definitely the Odie. The Odie's going to stick around and be brewed again. The Oreo, if it turns out fine, it's going to be a special winter release, that one. I'm not going to do it all the time because the Odie's just too damn good and can be drank all year round. But uh, rambled enough about the brew of the... Pandemic Pale and the Oreo and the Odie and you guys have got things to do, right? But uh, you know, if you like the podcast, if you like the way it flows, the way it's running, or <laughs> whatever, uh, what really helps it grow is if you guys, whatever whatever platform you're using, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, uh, they're the main ones that I know. Uh, I'm sure there's a section there where you can leave a review. So if you could kindly leave a review and it helps grow the podcast, helps spread the word of uh, good beer and home brewing. So, you know, you can make those, pitch any craft beer out there, any craft beer you can think of, guarantee you can make something better at home for a fraction of the price. Anyway, we'll move on to another subject. Cheers. Did anyone catch the Wayward Brinko on Facebook? Little sneaky little hinty post they put up there uh, a week ago. It was one of the brewers had posted up. They were having their morning brekkie, morning tea or whatever you want to call it. But it was a donut and coffee. They described it pretty well, but I think it might be a sneaky little uh, little probe at saying, hey guys, we're bringing back the coffee and donuts beer. In my opinion, that's what the post was all about. Those guys bringing back that coffee and donuts beer. I know they had one batch go bad last year because they had initially had a batch run through the equipment that previously held a Berliner Weiss or Sour Beer. Uh, I'm not quite sure which one. They're both very similar. But they brewed this coffee and donuts beer and ran it through these 
same lines. Obviously, they didn't clear the lines or uh, still had some of that uh, lactobacillus in that line. And it, and it turned the beer uh, bad in some sorts, as they say. I don't think I had the bad can. I had a few of them because I really enjoyed them. Had the coffee and donuts at the Gabs Festival, which uh, today, today is Wednesday the 3rd. So the podcast is being recorded Wednesday the 3rd of June. Today the Gabs, little sidetrack from the Waywood, Gabs has announced they're still running with their festival at a later date. We've got some November, November dates. So, what's that got to do with Waywood? Well, that's where I tried the coffee and donuts first up, was at the Gabs Festival in Sydney 2019, around about this time last year, it would have been. And it was delicious. So, what they did then, they had their stout, they poured it up, and they would have a small little cinnamon donut, and they'd throw that in there, and it looked fantastic. It was quite pretty. It had something to eat, had something to drink. And they chucked the cinnamon donut in your beer. But anyway, that's what they did when they brewed it. They threw in the uh, cinnamon donuts. And I fell in love with that beer. And I just couldn't get enough of it. But as I said, one of the one of the batches went bad that went into cans. Some people picked it up. I, I don't think... I'm, I'm, I mustn't have had one. Because I didn't pick up any sourness in any of the ones that I had. But regardless... Uh, if any of anyone caught that post... And you kind of think the same... Where I do, I think they're bringing the coffee and donuts back because it was such a big hit. But, uh, yeah, if you want to see more, then uh, we have a podcast podcast page, Jim's Beer and Brewing podcast page on Facebook. Go over and check that one out if you like. And uh, we'll move on to something else. So I just wanted to put that out there, see if anyone's seen, give a little bit of a hint of a exciting another winter stout beer of one of my favourites is coming back out and when that does we will review that on the podcast as well cheers so we're in the brewery brewing up a batch using the Guten bringing up the Oreo milk stout that was uh, previously spoke about and today is finally the day so first part of the uh, podcast was all done on a Wednesday today is Sunday and it's brew day, and it seems I'm having a little trouble with my temperature with the Guten. It seems to be climbing very rapidly at uh, all different stages of the mash so far. I've definitely got a stuck mash. I am waiting for the wort to drain enough through the top plate to take the top plate off and, and give the mash another good stir so we can get rid of any lumps and clumps. It's the joys of using wheat and uh, oats and that kind of thing. It uh, swells up, clogs up a little bit. Didn't use any rice holes in this one. And currently, the temp looks like it's back under control now. It's uh, sitting at 65.8. We want it to be around about that 66 degree mark regardless. But uh, five minutes ago, before I decided to continue on with the podcast, we had climbed up to 70 degrees. Luckily, it was only five minutes into the mash, so hopefully nothing too bad is going to eventuate with this brew and it is yeah definitely a stuck mash 
I think I'm about another five or ten minutes away before I can get a hold of the top plate to remove it to be able to give the uh, the grain a bit of a mix up again. Seems like I've now loosened everything up. It seems to be running a lot smoother. Obviously can't have the circulation going full pelt. So it's it's almost down to just under half the pressure it would normally be. Circulating the wort through the grain bed here. Uh, keeping it low. You gotta keep an eye on these things. Uh, I like to keep an eye on it when we're mashing and, and we're at the boil. And it looks like it's going pretty decent now. So that kind of worked, taking the top plate off, giving the, the grain a bit of a mix up again. Now it seems to have come unstuck, which is fantastic. I'm sitting at 66.5. It's about half a degree higher than I want to be. But anywhere between that 66 degrees and 66.5 isn't too bad. And we have got about 40 minutes left in the mash. So I'll just run through that ingredients list again, what I'm using here. I'm using three kilo of pale malt. I originally had planned 1.2 kilo of uh, oats, but... Uh, I've dropped that to 900 grams of oats and half of them oats I toasted. We've also got 800 grams of wheat malt, 350 grams of chocolate malt, 280 grams of flaked rye, 200 grams of Munich malt, 100 grams of roasted barley, 500 grams of milk sugar, so lactose. I'm using USO5 yeast and I've also added 100 grams of dextrose as well as a few packs of Oreo cookies that were blended up and added into the grain you can hear that sparge running in the background well not necessarily sparging as yet just lifted the grain bed it's still very thick but smells fantastic. And the hops in, I'm using in this one, my 60 minute bittering edition, I'm using Magnum, 15 grams of Magnum. This is a 23 liter batch as well. And the 10 minute edition, I'm using SARS, which is 65 grams worth of SARS. I've been buying hops in, in bulk. Now that I have a food sealer, which can seal hops up in the individual packets. It allows me to buy in bulk. Hell of a lot cheaper. Also got the Whirlflock tablet. We're going to add that in with the uh, lactose at about 15 minutes. Got my 500 gram lactose. Add that one at 15 minutes before adding the SARS hops there. But I've got a feeling I'm going to get a stuck sparge as well. Thanks for listening to episode 8 of Jim's Beer and Brewing and stay tuned for the next one where we have the second part of the brew day. Thank you.